Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. And good afternoon, uh, or whatever part of the day that uh, you are enjoying. Um, I have a bevy of topics I'd like to cover today, so let's get started. So I want to thank you very much for joining me. Last week I talked about <clears throat> that I went to a community meeting, and it was a enjoyable experience for me um, what I expected was what I got but uh, I did get a chance to meet the current police chief and <clears throat> pardon me you're gonna have to excuse me I uh, there we go a uh, couple of things I wanted to mention <clears throat> pardon me uh, I, I got a comment about sometimes I take breaks or uh, I'll stop talking and it appears that I'm I should have been continued talking or that I was continued talking and maybe the sound just dropped out um, I don't have a teleprompter so I use a, a create a script and I use a 11.5 font uh, the reason I use 11.5 is that it gets me enough text on the page that I don't have to constantly scroll through the document but because of the size of the font there are times when I lose my place so I stop and pause and try to look through the document to find my place before I move on I don't try to script every word but I do try to make sure that I have all of the ideas I want to cover and then if there's something specific I want to cover um, I put that in that document uh, so this week as I mentioned I have several topics I'd like to talk about and the first I'm going to go back to that meeting. Um, so we have a new police chief, and he had an opportunity to introduce himself. And I'm going to uh, let you see his introduction, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about um, my impressions. So we do want to bring up our chief. Alderman Bosley, I really appreciate you inviting me. Uh, this, this is one of the first. Uh, matter of fact, I think it is the first ward meeting that I've attended, so I'm, I'm honored to be here. Um, I'm pleased to be here and, and to uh, participate, or at least listen to this conversation. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm first of all, since, since it's since it's, uh, it's hot on your mind, so this is we talked about calling 911. You can always call 911. Our dispatching system can't, knows how to how to how to put it in a different category. When it's a non-emergency number, so you don't always, you know, the non-emergency number is two three one one two one two, but you can always dial nine one one because the same persons answer the phone and then they decide the the level the priority that the call is going to get, which which brings uh, up another issue that you all have mentioned, and so that that location that you're referring to is an ongoing problem, and so uh, uh, um, anytime there's an ongoing problem, the the individual calls are important to make the, the ongoing problem case. But but naturally, we can't go to every single time uh, because that's also a priority. A suspicious person calling, for example, is a, is a, cold, is a priority three. A shooting or, or any a cutting is a priority one. And so sometimes when you see a, uh, an officer pass by, it's because they were headed to, to another uh, a call with a higher priority. And so uh, I, I do encourage you to call because because we got we have uh, um, Renee Creasman, who's the Renee, raise your hand. Renee Creasman is the district captain, so it's her responsibility to make sure and monitor any kind of situations that arise, such as this one, 
to monitor that and make sure that the proper resources are getting placed on it. Just so you kind of understand how the 911 calls, they're prioritized. So he introduced several members of his team. Renee was just one of them, and he introduced her boss, which is actually between him and Renee. And I was pretty impressed with him as an individual. I hadn't, the only opportunity I'd had to see him before was when they announced his promotion to the position. He's been a police officer in St. Louis for several years. And I did get, I didn't get much of a chance to talk to him. He has a specific plan um, for addressing um, the problems that we have in some areas in St. Louis with uh, the murder rate. As you may know that St. Louis is, has one of the highest murder rates in the country. And so he had a specific plan and I, I did get a chance to ask him about that plan. What's, what's, a, what's the success rate for the, what you're trying to do? What's the success rate for what you're trying to do? The success rate, I, I, it's, it's unknown. It's like, it's like saying, if what, he said, what's the success rate for what I'm trying to do? What I, what, all I can tell you is that mathematically, the likelihood of my success rate should be high. But, 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 but if all of our shooters are going to be gang members uh, meeting somewhere for a drug deal, it's going to be low. But probability should be where historically most of the, the violence is happening, I'm putting more officers on there. So it should work. But if it doesn't work, I'm going to change it. Okay. So I got a little, uh, the, the video and the audio was off a little. Uh, it's the first time I've tried doing that, so I'll have to go back and and see if there's some way to to uh, manage that. But um, so I asked him about the success rate, and, and the reason I asked him about the success rate, um, I under the impression that there's uh, several ways to police areas. And when I asked him that question and he, he gave me the answer that he gave me, it made me stop and, and think, well, what, what is the police department? What, what do they do? And they are law enforcement officials. Their responsibility is to help keep everyone safe by enforcing the rules that we as society pass and want to want implemented so that everyone has an opportunity to enjoy society and uh, pursue their happiness and how many ways is there to enforce rules what we have a tendency to do and and I this was uh, evident evident in the meeting and you uh, here talked about and and I've got a one little video that I want to play a little later um, the police department is doing, I think, the best that they can do to be responsive to people's requests and need and still be able to do their job. We ask a lot, I think, of our police departments. And understandably, there's been some frustration and some anger that has spilled their way. If you have a few bad actors or if you have any bad actors, especially in a profession where you are allowed a gun and the opportunity to use that gun, um, then the expectation is going to be high that the quality of people that carry a gun and do those kinds of and do, does that work is going to meet an exceptionally high level uh, for that 
responsibility more responsibility um or more more freedom you know the higher the responsibility the higher the demand on your time and, and resources and your qualifications um but but still our police departments are beholden to um the the general uh, public they're funded by the public uh i'll talk a little bit more about that just shortly but not i'm not going to go into a, a great amount of detail but so they they do the best i think that they can um when they're under pressure like i think a lot of police forces are now with um a lack of resources a lack of community support and they they're feeling like they're under fire and in some cases justifiably so so the public is doing the best that it can to hold them accountable without um, requiring that they be super person supermen or superwomen but also getting the best that we can from the resources that we provide um, so that is that is what I came I kind of came to when I asked him that question it it his answer was simply if you have a problem you apply enough resources to eliminate the problem that's a that businesses does that all the time people do that in their homes all the time if you need extra resources you get the necessary resources until the problem goes away or becomes manageable and that's what he's offering it's it's no um secret formula there's no now i hear um in the news and and other sources mostly in the news that you know police forces share intel intelligence they share techniques and maybe i was expecting some magical technique but the problem is um that the police have a daunting task because they don't know the moment somebody decides to flip out and and maybe that's a flippant term but the moment that somebody someone chooses to become violent and disobey all of the laws and ordinances designed to make sure civilization remains civil um so their task is how do they best put their resources to use to solve the problems that we ask them to solve um, I'm going to play a clip of uh, from let's see this is uh, Commander Creaseman. I had to look. Uh, I didn't commit those terms, those names to memory. Um, and this is her talking about something that I thought was real important and it kind of dovetails on um, a podcast that I pre previously did. Um, I do continue to see an increase in car break ins um, in the district, almost across the district. So 
but ask you guys to do anything over the summer two things when you park park smart don't leave things in your car don't leave anything in your back seat don't leave anything on your front seat anything that can be seen don't leave it in your car don't leave a weapon in your car and then the other thing that I would ask I think that some of these carjackings um, uh, it's, it's a multitude of things but one of the things is, is that I think that people are parking pulling up to their houses pulling up wherever they're going and they're still checking their cell phones so when don't sit in your car and check your cell phone you you know the the bad guys can see you, they can see that you're in the car, they can see the lighted screen. Wait till you get in the house, wait till you get into wherever you're going to check your cell phone. It can wait just one more minute. And um, I see it a lot, I hear it a lot, and it's just one of those things that, something that you can do to help yourself, to help us, and to keep everybody safe, and keep yourself safe. Okay, <clears throat> so I had an opportunity to, to ask uh, Commander Creaseman a question. and. Of course, I, I asked her, well, I say of course, but I asked her about um, community policing. And I could see on her face, you know, here it goes again. Um, so, but she was very professional in how she answered the question. And uh, what she did mention is that she's down 12 officers. And she wants to try to do community policing and, and I asked her her definition of community policing and she gave me a, a, a list that I hadn't anticipated of things that, that they included or that she included in community policing and I thought were excellent ideas um, I got I have the video and if you're interested in seeing um, the video or the extra uh, uh, clips then you know let me know and I'll make sure I get those to you um, <clears throat> but she's understaffed she's she says she's down 12 officers and and uh i i would imagine that 12 officers is significant for the area that she has a responsibility of and um, she particularly talked about a subject that um, i covered recently which was uh every phone call seems to be so important that we stop paying attention to everything that goes on around us and we handle the phone call because it's it's we I, I guess we somehow believe that it's okay it's just going to be a couple of minutes or you know I, I no one's going to bother me um, but your attention is pulled to someplace else and if you're not paying attention to your surroundings you're putting yourself at risk granted no one should want to hurt you but it's but there's no reason to believe that with the number of people that are in society that someone is isn't going to get the idea some child some some teenager may think it's uh it's funny to harass you um it just it just happens so being aware of your surroundings and being aware of uh, things that are going on about you and and taking precaution is just one of those things you just have you really should have to do it may cut down on police calls it may cut down on um, officers having to show up uh, for something that could have been prevented with just a little bit of prevention with an ounce of prevention um, you, you go into the house you, you make your phone calls uh, you're not sitting on the car you don't get carjacked you don't get robbed uh, or things like that 
Um, one of the other things that he that um, uh, the commander uh, and I have to apologize. I didn't commit his name to memory, and I actually didn't write it down. And that's one of the things I'm going to have to remember is to make sure to to document all of the people that I'm I'm uh, talking about. Um, but he talked about something that was really important, and I want to share that with you, and then I'll go back. One way that one way that that, that I think we can do a lot better is, is that that you shouldn't have to talk about the same location over and over again with no progress. So, so, I mean, so, so, so if, we, if we talk about, like, like she was able to say, hey, there's a lot of concern about that place, but Renee has made some progress. The, 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 the challenge is huge. But, but, but to say that she's done nothing is not the truth. Okay? And so, and, and, and anything, anything that she feels that she may need, that's when she tells Mary or tells me, hey, I need this, but hey, if I can get the DEA to do this part, or if I can get a camera set up here, then we could probably do a lot better. And so those are, those are, those are the Kind of that, then that calls that that falls upon me because the district captain doesn't have those kind of resources. But I but I but part of my plan also includes greater technology in in, in that in, within that rectangle. I said we now have the Central West End is in the part is is in is in, in North Patrol and Central West End has an elaborate camera system. When people when somebody gets robbed in the Central West End, I often have a picture of the person committing the robbery. And somebody say, well, that's because you like the Central West End better. The, 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 the challenge is the Central West End folk paid for that to do. That, a lot of people don't know that. I see all these officers. You see those, see those officers on bicycles in Central West End? That's coming out of the special taxing district. Yes, they're over there. I didn't send them over there. They, the, the Central West End Association pays for our officers to be over there. Okay. So recently... There's been this big brouhaha about tax breaks, about uh, a big tax uh, return to the middle class. That tax money comes out of everybody's budget. States, cities, municipalities, that comes out of everybody's budget. Yes, it is federal, but the federal if if for every dollar that the federal government does not have it cannot help support cities and states that may be into trouble or need additional resources i know that that's not the only um, topic that can be should be discussed about taxes because they're yeah there are things that taxes are being spent on that people don't agree with, but all of that revenue that goes back. Now, the belief is that that revenue is going to be made up someplace else, but that's not given. That's not absolutely certain. So let's assume that it doesn't happen as quickly as they had anticipated because that is a possibility those resources can't go to places that need them policing is one of those agencies that survives off of tax dollars fire survives off of tax dollars Refuse 
trash, schools, roads and bridges. Those are things that survive off of tax dollars. So that's just I'm not saying it's the it that because there was a, a tax given back that all of these things are going to go to to shambles but you you do have to officer uh creaseman yeah officer creaseman uh mentioned that she was down 12 officers well how did she get down 12 officers there's a budget cut because there's not money in the budget for those 12 officers and then she says carjackings in her neighborhood have gone up well when you have a smaller police presence people who choose to do things outside the law see greater opportunity because they don't see any immediate danger of getting caught <clears throat> pardon me so um, so I just like for us to think about how we look at taxes how we think about taxes is it worth an extra $200 if you have to constantly worry about your house being broken into is, it, is that worth $200 to you So there was one other issue, and I'm going to move on from that one. There was one other issue that um, I looked at um, as he, as uh, the the new chief was talking, and and I, I just kind of want to get your take on it, and I'll give you my take, and 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 you help me see another a different side to it. So aside from law enforcement resources, like I said, we are working with Better Family Life. We've been we've been going to business organizations that, in, that 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 may not actually be in the neighborhood, but willing to invest in the neighborhood. So some of them may be building buildings. I know that when we uh, 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 first homicide of the year, uh, it was a double homicide up on Kennedy. So 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 uh, uh, car car riddled with bullets, <coughs> drugs in the car, a pistol that had been fired in the car, two young men deceased, uh, uh, shell casings from different types of weapons all around the car. See, it, it's, I'm, what I'm trying to say, it's difficult for us to prevent a drug deal. Okay, so there were a couple of things here that, that jumped out at me. <clears throat> One, um, and I think I mentioned that, well, actually, I, I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned it prior to this, is that um, police are law enforcement agents. They're there to help enforce the laws and protect us. And part of, as you heard him explain, he's, he's working with job agencies. He's working with other agencies, non-law enforcement related, in an attempt to try to curtail crime. So now we're asking our police officers to not only handle difficult situations carry a gun put their life on the line for us we are asking them to to be um, HR personnel we're asking them to be um, um, 
domestic counselors. We're asking them to do so many things in an already stressful and difficult position. We want police officers to say please and thank you to people who scream and yell at them, call them names, spit at them, show complete disrespect. We've given police officers respect and and given them power to try to help curtail that. And then we punish them when they use it. Now you could say we only punish them when they abuse it but if you don't understand the context of when they use it then how do you know it's abuse and I'm not saying that there aren't abusers one of the things that came out of the meeting was um, someone said well 95% of the officers are good people I simply 95 saying 95% was just a it means that more officers than not, it wasn't an actual figure. It just means that more officers than not are good people. And I think a, a lot of times what happens is people have relationships with officers. And so they're more likely to see law officers in a more positive light. Um, what also came up was some of the abuses. Uh, one gentleman had actually... Um, a story about how he was abused by an officer so so we know those kinds of things happen um, but what do we expect if we're stretching our resources thin if if better family life or some organization is designed for helping find jobs or uh, some other organizations helping resolve dom um, domestic issues shouldn't those organizations be in the front of that conversation do we want our police officers to do that um, there are a lot of times you see videos where uh, officers um, have taken their own money and given it to someone because they were in a store and they stole and they didn't have um, the resources to buy what they needed to buy and it's always a great thing but should we put that kind of pressure on every officer you're not a good officer if you don't do that if you if you get up every day and you go and you make it home and you keep anyone else from getting hurt isn't that the job that we're asking we should mainly ask them to do and I like your feedback on that if you see it differently, explain to me how you see it differently. Um, <clears throat> so I talked about the taxes. Uh, overall, the meeting, I didn't get a, I originally had a um, meeting scheduled with my ward alderman. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to meet with him. Uh, he was in the meeting. And uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to meet with him and talk with him about uh, some things going on in the city. Um, but one of the things that uh, I did want to finally mention on this particular topic is that all of the officers who had a chance to speak talked about, uh, and you may heard it in one of the clips, um, they don't know when drug dealers are going to meet. 
And believe it or not, a lot of these gang members have each other's cell phone numbers. And they call each other and say, well, I'll meet you at such and such a place. And this was some of the information that, that he shared. Um, when they're going to have a drug buy. And, and not all of the gang members or all of the people that are uh, get into fights are gang members. But when they call each other and they say they're going to meet up, there's no way for a police officer to know that. And if we've taken police officers off the street, there's we've almost guaranteed that there's no way that the officers are going to know what's going down, that it's happening. Um, so, so by doing what we're doing, we may be creating a greater problem than we're solving by um, not supporting our police forces in a, in a way that. Um, that we should it's got to be helpful uh, like I said they're asking you if you know something say something if you know that a drug buy is going to go down don't wait till the two people are standing on the corner If and the difficulty here is is it more than likely if you know about it beforehand it's somebody that you care about it's somebody that's close to you and how do you prevent a death so so your family member and I won't take a take a particular family member but your family member um sells drugs and you know they sell drugs or you're suspicious that they sell drugs what's the likelihood that you're going to call the police and say my family member may be selling drugs the likelihood is probably low I don't know I can only say that it does not have seemed to be high because we have such a high rate of uh, drug deals gone bad people shooting each other in the streets um, yes there are times when you are not going to know if your family member is carrying a weapon but there are times that you may suspect that police can't do their job without our help but what's the likelihood that they're going to get our help when it's someone that's close to us or someone that we feel may if we share that information we may get hurt and <clears throat> pardon me one of the things that the um, colonel um, mentioned was Crime Stoppers so if you don't want to call the police department and you don't want to give your name and you don't want to be identified as the person providing the information you can call Crime Stoppers give them the information and you'll be out of it so I'm gonna move on uh, at this time to um, I wanted to talk about business and small businesses um, I saw this clip and it got me to thinking I'm I'm a 
small business consultant. That's what I've done for a while. So it, it got me thinking about business and understanding business. There were a couple of events that happened this week that also uh, brought that to mind too. But I'm going to share this clip with you and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about entrepreneurship. My big thing with State of Unions in general, and certainly last night, is hoping maybe for a little bit more as a business person. It's kind of like a quarterly earnings call. What did we do? What are our, our plans? And what are our forecasts? And we relied on forecasts. What exactly is the jobs target? What are the plans to get there? Where are jobs today? Just as an example, and this is not particularly about this president, it's a general point. Uh, if you will, about where we are. So I listened to the, the speech last night, and a lot of the measures, what are the, what are the targets? Because it's the targets, numerics, how do we measure it? Not whether we pass a law or we don't pass a law or budget. Where are we really trying to go? What are we really trying to accomplish? Okay, so when I first saw that clip, I thought, let me uh, talk about how business people talk. And then I thought, um, one of the things that is real important in this country is small businesses. Small businesses make up uh, 97, I'm sorry, 99.7% of businesses in the United States are small business. That's 28.8 million businesses. So with such a large part of the business community being small business, it becomes extremely important for businesses um, to, to, for startups to grow because they sustain the economy. So the largest part of uh, the workforce actually works for small businesses and not large corporations. Although large corporations uh, uh, hire uh, have a large workforce and usually they uh, impact the society in a uh, they in waves if if something happens if they're going to lay off 30,000 workers then how do those workers move into small businesses because um so I wanted to talk about small business and entrepreneurship and hopefully shed some light so that you may or somebody you know may consider uh, opening a small business, running a small business, and being a part of helping build society because that's what small businesses do for us. So I'm going to uh, give you some of the bad news first. and um, So hopefully you'll stay through the bad news. It's not um, you know doomsday, but it is tough. 80% of new businesses will fail in the first year. That's 8 out of 10 new businesses will fail in the first year. Uh, 66% will fail in the second year. And then about half of all businesses don't exist after five years. And only a third, um, uh, let's see, 70%, you know, I don't want to do it that way, 70% may, if they make it 10 years, um, they'll, they'll survive. So uh, as, as you go along, as, if, you, if you're in business longer, you have a greater chance of survival. Um, those statistics 
are consistent even when there's a major economic downturn it does not affect the survival of new businesses now the high rate of failure for a new business isn't a bug in the system it is actually a feature and, and the reason I say that is that business owners or owners uh, will hopefully learn valuable lessons um, and that will make them better business owners and entrepreneurs and help produce stronger and more responsive business owners and risk which is a part of business if you don't manage money and resources in the right way then your business will fail but those risks help um, remove some of the weaker companies companies that don't um, cater to uh, their clientele don't support their clients in the best way don't uh, create quality products um, that risk then removes those markets from the player so that we get better stronger more uh, productive businesses some of the major reasons that businesses fail uh, they're forced out by competition competition is a good thing but it's going to it's going to break some of the weaker businesses some of the companies that can't stay or can't find ways to compete uh, they're going to fall out and um, next if they don't have the right team I'm going to say that again if they don't have the right team that means not just grabbing anyone to get a job done but making sure you take the time to find the right people to get the job done whether they have experience or they have determination there are things that you need in order to get those jobs done in the right time in the right way um, and then let's see insufficient market demand so if you don't do your research ahead of time and you start a small business for you figure you might make it uh, things may go well but uh, again you don't do your market research you don't know what your market is you don't know who your actual customers are you just know that you wanted to sell things or you wanted to build things and so you open in a place that really doesn't need your business you're go probably going to fail and that's just a fact of the matter and then the number one reasons that businesses fail 83 percent of businesses discontinue operation because of lack of profits or financial funding it takes money to help your business survive now does that mean you have to have all of the necessary funding up front it does not um, <clears throat> there are businesses that um, survive um, hanging on by a thread but money is the biggest reason and I don't think that's a surprise to anyone um, 
This statistic I found that I thought was interesting. 14% of businesses fail because they ignore the customer. Now, I'm a customer first kind of a person. I've been in food service. I've been in, I've done a few other things. But how do you ignore your customer? You exist only because they walk in the door. That is it. Everything that you do is a service or a goods consumed by your customer. If they don't consume your goods, you you don't have sufficient market demand and you will go out of business. I've seen people uh, who have a shop and they'll get in an argument with a customer. The old adage, the customer is always right, is right. That doesn't mean you have to give the shop away but you most certainly have to make sure that when that customer leaves your shop, when they walk out of the door, that they're absolutely happy and are willing to come back. Because if they don't want to come back, eventually enough of that will cause the demise of your business. Uh, so one of the things that um, I, talk, I wanted to talk about too was um, minority ownership. So a lot of concern has been about the um, minority minority business growth, and I, f- I did found some statistics. Um, I found some statistics that I thought were interesting, and I'll, I'll share those with you. And the first, uh, and I've got a graphic I want to put up, but the first is that according to the Minority Business Development Agency, and this is a government agency, the number of minority business enterprises has increased by 39% between 2007 and 2012. That was the last census. From 5.8 million to 8 million jobs or or companies. Um, Let's see. Now, um, though they gr- the growth has been 39%, minority businesses fall short in comparison to other businesses' overall success in terms of revenue growth and profit growth. Okay, I had to cough there, so I turned off the mic. I think coughing was sounded really pretty. I have no idea why my throat all of a sudden drew, uh, dried up, but it did. Now, what makes up minority businesses? Latino-owned companies, firms owned by people from South Asia, like India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, and East India, China, Korea, Japan, and other Pacific Rim countries, African Americans, and women. Minority entrepreneurship is current. Uh, minority entrepreneurs are currently underrepresented compared with their share of the population, and that's where this graphic comes in here. But uh, let me pull that up real quick. 
Okay, I don't know if you can uh, you can see that, but um, black or African Americans make up nine percent of U.S. nine and a half percent of U.S. businesses. Um, American Indian and Alaska Natives make up one percent of companies small business companies in the United States. Asians make up 7.1%. Uh, Native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islanders make up 0.2% of um, minority businesses in the United States. And Hispanics make up 12.2%, which uh, the minority percentage is 29.3% of all businesses, while non-Hispanic white it makes up 70.9% of the business of small businesses in the United States. So I encourage people to consider opening businesses. And one of the things that, and I mentioned some of the difficulties or some of the um, downfalls, what causes the business to fail. And um, this may seem self-serving, but it is intended to help someone who um, has uh, starts a new business now? So I encourage you to have a small business consultant, or find a consultant who can help you um, manage resources and um, set goals. Uh, one of the reasons I played that Balmer um, video, he talked about numbers. Most small business owners see their business in a personal way. And it matters to them and they'll fight for that for that business regardless of for whatever because it it matters to them. They're doing it because it's important to them. And there's a a, a heartfelt connection to it. So I encourage you to have uh someone who while caring about your business wants to look at the numbers wants to sets goals defines what is success so I think a lot of people go into business thinking they're going to sell a lot of things or they're going to um, um, provide a lot of service and they'll, they'll become as big as um, they can and I think you have to take and look realistically at what you're capable of achieving understanding you know when you when will you sh um, st stretch your resources too far but you won't know that if you don't have projections if you don't measure where you started and where you are so you you have to understand the business the numbers that will help you identify where your business needs help does advertising what kind of advertising you need to do how someone who has that information is an important part of your team I talked earlier about businesses failing because they don't have the right team if you are some, someone that likes to work um, at 3 o'clock in the morning Look for a an accountant who likes to work at three o'clock in the morning. 
because if that's when you are most productive find people who are most productive with you at that time in the morning pick those people that work like you work um so this some of the information that I've I've uh I've put links in the description of this podcast uh, in the uh on where I picked up some of this information it's got a little different additional information that might be helpful if you or someone you know of is um considering opening a business but I do encourage uh find having someone who um is slightly less emotional about your business and more analytical about your business to help you manage those that numbers thing um, a lot of times we will because it's our business and because we care about it we will overlook certain things that are critical to its success and someone who's into the numbers says you know mathematically you just can't do that and maybe you don't want to hear it but it's better to hear it and survive than not hear it and fail. Um, so I encourage you to to at least have someone who will not always say yes and not always um, um, accept uh, your answer that will push you as a uh, business owner uh, to see your business differently. So my last uh topic I wanted to talk about and, uh, not the best segue but <clears throat> um, I saw a, um, an ad or a, I don't so I was watching on the internet and I, I saw this uh, thing where Amarosa Manigault is going into the Big Brother house and my first reaction was are you kidding me she's spent she's been in the White House under two different administrations um, and and she wants to go back to um, reality TV and then and then I, I think after I thought about it a little more I realized what else can she do um, it appears that she may have burned a lot of bridges um, with people who are serious about politics and and she hasn't it doesn't show that it doesn't seem or I haven't seen where she's developed any other skills um, my, my concern at first was is that she because she was in a position that was so important in everyday lives of people that she would somehow bring make light of that environment that politics would then be like anybody can do politics but reality is that everybody should want to do politics every every american citizen should want to serve the the country in some way in an elected office that is an honorable profession and um so I looked at some of the people who were in entertainment or um, areas like that, and most of them don't go back into um, 
that old life uh, once they get into politics and so and so maybe it created in me a, a little reticence to accept her going back to Big Brother I guess um, I don't see that as on the same level but she has to make a living and that's that's real that's reality Ronald Schwarzenegger was governor of California Jesse Ventura actually went back to wrestling after he left the governorship of Minnesota Ronald Reagan was governor of California and president of the United States of course after being president of the United States he probably wasn't allowed to do much of anything else he had such a, a high level of knowledge in his head and um he pretty much had to be protected for a while. And then I I think, oh, actually, he got sick. That's what it was. That's what it was. Sonny Bono, 44th District of uh, California, was a representative. George Stephanopoulos moved on to uh, host um, a news show. He was communications director for the 1992 presidential campaign of Bill Clinton and became White House communications director. Nicole Wallace, who is a... Um, news announcer at uh, uh, MSNBC Uh, she was White House communications director during the presidency of George W. Bush uh, and in his 2004 re-election campaign in 2008 Uh, she also served as senior advisor for the McCain Palin campaign so I found it interesting it took me a moment to gather myself to realize that uh, Amarosa you know, should move on with her life. I just, I would like to think that, you know, having served her country, um, maybe Big Brother isn't the best alternative. But then again, um, you know what what you she's built her reputation on her um, her reality TV life and probably that's just a good fit for her she moves back into that and that's what she does so so be it well I think I've covered all of the topics I want to cover today and so that concludes this episode I want to thank you very much for joining me today let me get things going here oh just when you think everything's supposed to work right I've been doing well up to this point that happens you can replay this uh, video podcast here on YouTube uh, the audio podcast is available on Stitcher podcast.com soundcloud.com the iTunes store and the Google Music Play store the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. Like and share this episode when you find it and send it to because it does matter. Remember to be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy.